Welcome to We Grow California with your hosts, Darcy Villery and Darcy Burke, a safe space to discuss water, agriculture, and what makes California grow. We have guests from those who just drink water to those that make water policy, all passionate about the water issues that face all Californians today. Join the conversation by liking, subscribing, sending in your questions, and submitting your request to be our guest. Let's get this conversation started. Oh, sure. It's it's time for another Darcy versus Darcy or another DVD where our topic is lawns and are lawns a worthy use of water. And I am going to be taking the opposing side and Darcy, you're taking the positive benefit of lawns. Positively, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure if you want me to start. I just the, the idea of ornamental lawns. Is just I just don't get the point of it. I feel like it's a, a demonstration, an old school demonstration of wealth, and it's not really needed. I feel like in the modern age, personally, right now, especially when there's you know drought going on. So I, I'm going to take it a, a different perspective on that. One of the things that I think most people don't realize is there are different types of turf, also known as a lawn. Right, you plant. Mm-hmm. turf for lawn. And there are some demonstration areas here in Southern California at Diamond Valley Lake to be specific at the Water Life Campus that is turf that uses 40% less water than a typical turf. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Kids can play on it. It's It has a use. Do, do I think that lawns need to be on the middle of a freeway or the median? Absolutely not. But I think as a property owner, I should have the right to landscape my investment, my home, in a way that I see fit that is most appealing to me and to my community. Mm -hmm. And I don't think government should play a role on what I get to plant and I don't get to plant. In Southern California, we have water budgets. Go ahead. Yeah. No, and that's going to say your water budget. And much like we were, you know, we just had our conversation uh, about Doheny and, and, and Rick was even saying half the water they have is just for landscaping. And, and I, and bear in mind, and that's, and I, and I get it. And I'm not trying to necessarily take that away from everybody. It's just, even in the, you know, the last drought six, seven years ago, I always say, I think people in cities really start getting upset when they can't water their lawns. Mm -hmm. And I actually like lawns. Like I love public parks. I don't even have a problem expressly. Like a lot of people do necessarily with like golf courses. It is having a very demonstrable, serious use, but something like these lawns that people, and I grew up in a suburb, so lawns out in front of people's houses that you either just don't really get used or people don't go hang out there on a lawn like a public park and it's just kind of there. It just seems like at times when you could relandscape to something, uh, you know, like you're, like you're talking about, it, rescaping to turf that uses less water. I think that's great. I think it's great projects like that. But at the same time, it's like, you could just get rid of the thing. I mean, what are you doing with it, you know? So let's take right now the there is a um, mandate by our governor, the state of California, to remove uh, non-functional turf. So non-functional mm-hmm. turf, um, it took the state water board uh, about six weeks to decide what that really was. And to kind of just give a summary, it's that turf which is not used for a particular useful purpose. That's almost helpful. So things like grass in front of a building maybe where there's a, just a sign and it's not something where people gather or children play yeah. or it's, it's, it doesn't have a specific use is considered ornamental. So the governor's decided that you can't have that. You're not allowed to water it. Um, and my mm-hmm. my point is, I don't want you to tell me what I can and cannot have. I think it goes back to property rights. 
this is my property and it's my right to plant what I want to plant. Now, in Southern California, we have water budgets. And in my water agency, how are those water budgets broken down? By the way, oh, I'm so glad you but asked. To the house, to the house, no, maybe like to, to the, the house, household. Every house, every house, is X number of gallons. Well, it it goes deeper than that. So for my particular oh, okay. water district, there's different tiers. Tier one is your indoor use, and it's based both on water and wastewater. Your rate and fees are based on how many people live in the house and how many bathrooms mm-hmm. there are in okay. the house. Okay, so that's standard tier two is your outdoor water use. And we took the time to do surveying and to see what is your irrigated landscape space. So what's hardscape, you don't get you don't get water for that. What's irrigatable space? So if it's like a lawn or your uh, play area or your flower beds or even a home garden, a vegetable garden, mm-hmm. we would know what your irrigatable landscape space is and we give you a budget based on that square footage of what would be appropriate. So that's tier two. Tier three Mm -hmm. means you have gone out of budget on either one of those and you pay more per gallon. It's actually a unit, not a gallon. And then there's usually some type of penalty associated with that. Tier four, we would call excessive or wasteful. You've used way above your allotment and you're going to pay a penalty Mm -hmm. for that. So if I can make it work within the outdoor budget you gave me. I should be able to plant whatever I want. And if well, I... that's the thing. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, that's the thing. You just described a bunch of stuff that I have never heard of or seen in my area. And I know even just in my little tiny water district, it's like you just described a bunch of stuff where they would be like, you are telling me what my water is going to be? You want to put it? I've already had conversations. You're going to put a meter on my hand, tell me, and it's that whole tell me thing. And I agree with you though. It's like, well, if they're what you have is what you've described, then yeah, I think that's that it would be considered overkill to anybody that has that. But if you're in an area like me where we don't have anything like that, it's like, how do you it, you know, get those folks until unless the state I feel like maybe he should have done a mandate to come in and say, well, here's how you have to be budgeting, right? Versus telling people to pull out their lawns. See, and, and, and I don't think he has a right to tell me anything. And as a water board member, I have to submit a drought response plan that the mm-hmm. state approves. Let me use it. If I choose that we can't put lawns in anymore, you know, the, the other thing you have to realize is all those new homes, because people always talk about that, you know, it's the drought, you're not letting me use, water my lawn, but you're going to approve a new house. There's new landscaping ordinances for new developments that don't allow them to put turf in, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they rip it out afterwards or whatever. So the it's less expensive to put turf in, generally speaking, than it is to put some of the California-friendly um, landscaping options in there or uh, permeable hardscape or all of those things to reduce runoff and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. When you stop watering lawns that are directly over a, a groundwater basin and you're you're now not recharging that either, right? It, it's no different than flood irrigation in certain areas make more sense than building a retention pond right next to that field. So so you so do the recharge see, is factored into what you're selling everybody? I guess, right? Is that what you're saying? It's all factored in. It's a, okay. I And, and for also where I live that, like is it it drains into a reservoir, right? We I live on a drinking water reservoir. So any runoff I live on a salt mine, basically. <laughs> if it goes past <laughs> if it goes past the grass is gone. And gone. there's a lot of areas like that. And and I guess too to me is like if, if it like I always 
it is important to me, whatever position you have is defendable. So what you're saying makes sense to me. And then in terms of a general concept, I still think I'm never going to think a lot in a lot of in a lot of settings makes sense. But for what we talk about, it it all comes back to the water and it needs to be uh, like, would you be OK with the state coming in and saying you need to set water budgets similar to what your district does? Like no, the, the, you, already, like you already said that the districts have to do that. No, it's well, up to the, the district. It is. And in Southern California, we use that. In, there's um, a water use efficiency um, group that actually set best management practices when it comes to water use efficiency mm -hmm. and budget based rates are one of those. Right. That those only work in areas where money is a, a driver for behavior change. So some of my division that I represent is extremely affluent. Uh, Forty-two percent mm -hmm. of them are on direct pay, meaning it automatically comes out of their bank account every month. And I would tell you that probably less than five percent open that email. Some of those water yeah. bills are seven or eight hundred dollars a month, Darcy. That's a lot of money for a postage stamp size landscape, right? But mm -hmm. they're willing to pay it, so that's not a behavior change for them. If I want them to do something different, I have to relate their behavior to something that's important to them. So when you overwater your lawn and that runoff goes into the lake and, the, and it's hot out right now, then we have algae. And sometimes that mm -hmm. algae could be dangerous or toxic algae, cyanotoxin algae. So if you want your family to be able to water ski and wakeboard and swim and, and float and all these other things in the lake, we want to keep that lake safe. And the best way to do that is not to have runoff. So tying it back to something that matters to them is, I think, much better than telling yeah. someone what they can and cannot do. I would rather say to you, Darcy, I need you to cut 20% back on your use. You figure it out. If you want some ideas and help, we're here to help you. But I don't want to yeah. tell people what to do. I, that's just a philosophical I approach. Of, no, I, I totally get that because I do get tired of it. It is if it's been pitched that that is always like you're saying, always exactly the thing that no, the state like what what are you trying to achieve? And and it makes people the lawn part feel better when the state comes in and says you have to get rid of that stuff versus just saying you need to do cuts. I mean, it'll never make a lawn useful in my mind, but I do think that, <laughs> like you're saying, you have to hit these conservation goals and you have to hit this. And if you want, I mean, for the state, it's like, hey, you want water from the state water project, you have to do this, right? Well, you, I mean, you know, that's also what it comes down to. Right now, the state water project- Or the Fed, for the, through federal projects. Right. The state water project water that's only available is for health and safety. So if you have no other source, so for Metropolitan, I, I think it's going to be like, I don't know, 300,000 acre feet, but we have to pay that back. I don't, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how you pay it back when you have 5% allocation every year, but you, you have you have to pay it back. I, and it goes back to, I, I don't mind doing an urban water management plan, which is where our drought response plan is. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's, it's prudent. It's the right thing to do. You plan for rainy days and you plan for sunny days. I have an issue where I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this plan. I submitted it, you accept it, but you won't let me operate by it. You're going to override it. So although the governor's not happy and he's yelling at everybody to conserve more, he is not doing one thing to build new supply. It's amazing how different, especially uh, I what it's, it feels like sometimes like a goldfish with this stuff. But Jerry did it. I mean, at the end of the day, Jerry Brown, I mean, we, the conservation happened and I don't think he had to come in and, and say, you got to cut, the, you got to take out this one particular thing. 
and yet we kind of like waited, waited, waited on this. And then suddenly it's like an edict of tear out your lawn, which I'm like, I don't know how that's going to change anything fast enough. You know, what? it does feel like it, it. it's such a different, even with us, you know, two different Democrats, it was just such a night and day take on how to manage this. Well, you know, I think it's also, also interesting that I'm going to pay people to take out their turf, the turf replacement project. And then I'm going to encourage mm-hmm. you to plant new plants, California friendly, that require three times as amount of water the first year than your lawn did during a drought. In order for it's them to take... It's not the greatest time to be doing it. No. Yeah. And there's no, rules... It's really, it's the kind of thing that should have been happening, you <laughs> right. know, right, all along. All along. Which in, which in times it was, at times it isn't right, and then even every... I feel like every conversation we've had with people has been... Oh, well, it was raining, so we decided it wasn't a good idea to keep investing in something that I feel like every responsible Californian should know. We go in cycles, and you, do you want to be prepared for the lowest water cycle, or do you want to wait till it happens to you and then try to shotgun something in? You know? Well, it, it, it's poor management. I think lawns are a, a low-hanging fruit. They visibly appear that something's happening. If they go brown, you know, that you know it, it, yeah. it is more of a... a a PR uh, movement yeah. as it is really a water use efficiency or conservation mode. And it, you know, we um, had talked about the movie up a while ago and, and, and the, the squirrel, right? So all of us yeah, are running yeah, one direction yeah. and, Oh, and it's COVID it's COVID it's COVID. Oh wait, now it's drought. Okay. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah exactly. So now let's go, oh, let's, let's, no, do let's yeah. deal with our next, next emergency or next, next problem right so it, it really goes back to you know what what's the purpose and all those billions of dollars um in prop one so i know in a previous episode we interviewed uh fritz Sturz from sites reservoir and he mm-hmm. shared with us some prop proposition one money that they got and that proposition is about nine eight nine billion dollars i don't exactly recall but 2.3 billion of it was supposed to be for water supply projects None of yeah, that has it's happened. Just, nothing's happened no. yet, right? It's we, just we, been, you know, it's just been a lot of planning. And I feel like everybody thought something was going to happen faster. But even talking to Rick, you know, when we spoke to him, 18 years on Doheny, it's like, my goodness, well, getting this stuff done just takes forever. That Doheny Ocean Desail Project, I worked on that project when I was at the Municipal Water District of Orange County. And my job was the public outreach engagement. And I have been in front of the Coastal Commission for that project for the pilot. And my daughter was not even in high school, right? So yeah. my daughter's out of high school a long time. And, and you know, think about it, Your kid would be graduating high school by the time. And we're still not – there's nothing coming out of the tap, you know. Um, and so, again, instead of focusing on how can we get money to make that project go forward – Let's talk about, mm-hmm. okay, South Orange County, California, take out your lawns. Tear out your lawns, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, it it's very frustrating. I think you know, and the, and when you think about I, in a certain sense, I just have this thought: it's like, uh, you know, what almonds are to farmers, lawns are for municipalities. It's like it's the thing everybody likes to you know point at and yell about when it's like, well, there's a lot more to it than just you know the simple, you know, what am I thinking? A talking point that people throw around about. X gallons per almond, or like you're talking about, as if all uh, all lawns are the same, or all uses are the same, and and that every all of it needs to go. You know these blanket things. Like we've and in other co- podcasts we have with Bill, it's all very complicated topics. 
that that are going to take really need to take well thought out answers. So, right? you know, so for those that haven't heard our past episodes, we're, we were talking about Rick Shintaku from Doheny Ocean Desal Project, Bill Jones, former Secretary of State, and they sharing their wisdom and thoughts either on their project or on what policymakers at the state level had formally done to move water supply reliability forward and, and kind of Bill's perspective on what they should be doing now, which, which if you yeah. haven't listened to it, I'll, I'll, I'll encourage you to go back and, and listen to both of those. I, I think that, you know, I like to think all our conversations are timeless because of how long it takes to get these things done. Right? <laughs> well, hopefully our topics you know, are timeless. I, if, if Fritz, well, I mean, if Fritz is like, you could go back, it could be 2026 right now. And you're listening to Fritz and we could slide in an update there. And Fritz goes, Oh, by the way, Still chugging along. Yeah, Sites know. Reservoir is still not done, right? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and Sites, like he said, was studied in the 1950s, you know? Yeah. And and I'm going to say that water use efficiency became it came its own type of um, water specialty, at least from the urban mm-hmm. side, in the 90s. There's actually a water use efficiency specialist certification program that you have to go through to understand not only best practices on, on, on ways to save water, but how holistically you approach it from um, a water management perspective and what are you doing with the water that you're conserving or, or um, realizing in savings, right? So, and, yeah. and, and what are our best practices on a local level, whether it's like, I know Boeing um, spent a lot of money in Orange County to put an on-site water recycling plant that helped them with their manufacturing, improved water quality overall, and gave mm-hmm. them some consistency, right? And in the long run, saved them a ton of money. And there, were, there was grant money available. Um, I'd like to see that grant money go to maybe build some more supply projects. And I don't think taking my great. the lawn out is the answer. So I can appreciate you don't appreciate ornamental lawns, but I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and it should not be up to us to decide whether you get to have a lawn or not. No, and I yeah, at the end of the day, lawns can stay pointless, but people can do should be allowed to do what they want to do. Okay, the pointless, about. really, really, Darcy. <laughs> they're not necessarily yeah. pointless. If you find beauty in it, it's you know, it's fine. That's. No, it, again, like I said, if you're in your water budget, then I'm totally fine with it. But if you're like Tom Selleck running down the hill to go drag water out of somewhere to go water your your massive landscape, like, ah, come on, that one, that, you remember that? Yeah, Oprah from Winfrey did it ago, too, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got a problem with Oprah now too. I'm sure plenty of people are going to hate me for that one. It's like, guy, what are you doing? You know, I know it's tough, but come on. Well, you know, I, that, I think it's, that's, it's interesting they want to save trees. It's amazing to be an American. We have to be... Yeah, no, and that and that's what's interesting too, right? It's now they say, well, if you got a lawn on your tree, then mm-hmm. it's okay. It's like, okay, well, how do you define? It just all gets so, like you said, complicated and technical. We can save you know, those trees, I'm, but I'm we can't save right now with we, my trees. We can't save almond trees, right? No, that actually yeah, produce exactly. food. Yeah, but other trees, well, ornamental like anything, trees, are fine. You need irrigated landscapes in general just to uh, not have heat islands, right? right? So, you know, there's you got to be doing something with it. It's not like you, you magically eliminate all landscape irrigating overnight and it's going to fix something. It can actually make it way worse. Because for us, and you know, just as a reference point for farming, I've noticed for us, we've used less water this year. It has nothing to do with um, the necessarily like with our conservation. It doesn't have anything to do with the drip or anything like that. It has just been cooler the weather was just better. So my evapotranspiration wasn't as bad. And I also personally think that's because a lot of us in ag have gotten better. We've done more conservation. And so there's, there is more being planted out there, more acres. I 
think, I don't have data on this right now, that are in production and therefore the in general the environment is just a little cooler because it's amazing how just slight changes can can matter. I've been following our weather around here and it's it's such a big difference this year compared to even just last year. You well, know? well, I think that um, to, to your point about, um, you know, it, it makes a difference in the temperature. And in when you replace turf with synthetic turf, for example, whether it's yeah, the aesthetics it's or for play, it is that that stuff is wicked hot. And if you have children, yeah. it's a great way to get them burned up. Um, and you still need yeah. to water it and clean it because it, it gets dirty if if dogs decide that, that it's a, a wonderful place to relieve themselves. There's yeah. there's issues there. There's there's a lot of things that, you know, um, the consequences of good intentions, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's why, like I said, the governor coming down, tearing out the lot of the consequence. It's, I feel like it's well-intentioned. I feel like it's terrible execution. Yep. Absolutely. So, Darcy, our time is almost up. I, I don't know if we're going to agree on, on whether the, that lawns have a purpose or not, but I think um, we can agree that... Some do, some don't. Some do, some don't in my head. Yeah, so we come to the middle. It's always a great place to start. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another We Grow California episode and being a part of our community. Be sure to like, subscribe, submit your questions, and guest requests at ecwaterpack.com forward slash podcast that's ecwaterpac.com forward slash podcast today <laughs>